The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Well, welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Um, looks like we didn't have our open go there, but we'll figure that one out in a little bit, and we'll bring Larry on here, and we'll start talking. <laughs> Does that sound, Larry? Well, that works for me, Chris. All right, there you are, live and in broadcast color here this morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. It is Saturday morning, which means open mic Saturday. No questions barred whatsoever. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning, investment questions, or concerns that you may have right now. As the markets have peeled back a couple percentage points recently here, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. And you can tune in and watch us live stream the show on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv. I'd like to welcome all of our listeners on WAVA, uh, D.C., Baltimore area, as well as our national listeners across the country on Sirius XM Channel uh, 131 Family Talk. Well, it is time now to really lay out the uh, some of the basic rules in investing with what's been happening in the markets since August. Since the beginning of August, we've had four or five events that have taken the market back a little bit. Okay, some sometimes the market uh, recently has reached in and touched some correction territory in the S and P, only to bounce back up just barely above it. So what's going on here? What What is happening here? Well, let's take a look at some of the earnings news. Let's take a look at, at what's going on with the Fed, consumer spending, and all the economic data that really sort of drives market sentiment, if you will. You know, with, with, with just about half of the S&P 500 uh, companies reporting earnings here through October, it looks like when you take a look at, at third quarter earnings, blended Blended earnings, which means those that have reported and those on the estimates, shows that earnings rose about 2.5% compared with the same quarter of 2022, uh, which is good. You know, sales growth is up 2% for a year. What's wrong with that? You know, consumer is showing up strong. That brings problems in with the Fed on inflation. Now take a look here at, at the, you know, the big picture, the big 800-pound gorilla on what's really happening in the economy. And in preliminary readings right now in the U.S., the economy is showing an expansion at 4.9% annual rate in the third quarter, which is more than doubling the tempo of the second quarter. Consumer spending was strong, government outlays. Uh, however, business spending was a little flat. Then you take a look at personal incomes, which rose 3%, while, while spending also showed uh, con, uh, you know, the consumer was continuing to spend. So the economy's strong. The economy's robust. It is. And that brings in light as to what we're ha- why we're having problems with interest rates. Even though the Fed has sort of temporarily said they're going to pause, they haven't given us the official uh, declaration of a of yes, we are sitting on a pause stool right now. But they've said we're going to have sort of a hawkish pause. We're not going to raise now. Let's see if they raise in November or not. I don't personally think that they're going to. When you take a look at yields continuing to rise as a result of the Fed saying that they're going to remain higher for longer, right? So we're seeing that ten-year note. It reached up and touched five percent this uh, this past week, which is a very restrictive rate. Uh, as far as the economy really starting to, to slow down. All of this being said, at the same time, the dollar, when you take a look at the, the dollar as a result of interest rates, 
you know, rose to, to over 150 uh, on the yen, which is a, the highest level since 1990. Very strong dollar internationally, you know. So everybody out there talking about the dollar is going to crash, I don't think so. And, and so, so we've got mixed messages. We still have unemployment numbers very strong. We are still creating jobs, although not at the same rate we were a year or two ago, but we're still creating jobs. Very strong economy. Very strong economy. Here's the playbook, though. The Fed needs to stop, as I've been mentioning for a while, for four or five months and see where we are. Corporate earnings are coming in pretty well. Consumers showing up strong. There's nothing wrong with these rates. The market is, is under pressure right now simply because rates have been stretched a little bit. Uh, we think that the, the interest rates in the Treasury market, the 10-year note, is a little artificially too high. The, 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 the markets, the stock and bond market, tend to swing like a pendulum. They swing excess one way and they swing back excess the other way. Very rarely do they end up in the middle for the long-term averages, okay? And that's what we're experiencing right now with these rates. Expect to see the rates start to drop back down. Now, if, if we do end up seeing this slowdown that, that about a quarter, maybe a third of, of analysts are talking about in the first quarter next year, then probably we'll see the Fed come back in spring, summertime, and grease the gears of the economy again and start to, to, to lower rates. So, so we're almost out of the woods here. We need to get some clarity of direction, and that will happen at our, probably at our next Fed meeting. So with all that being said, again, make sure that your investments that you own know what you own in this market. It's very important. And let me tell you, there are so many new uh, ETFs coming out that have different ways to go about selecting the components that make up that ETF. Please understand what you own when you're when you're buying uh, new new investment products that, that are coming out on the market and how their uh, how the decisions are being made as to what stocks and in some cases bonds and strategies are going into some of these products. So it's important to understand that, especially in a time like this when the when the yields are being stretched and the market's coming under pressure as a result of that. So. Very, very important to do that. Hey, if you want to get a copy of our Monday morning outlook, we send out a Monday morning outlook each week based off of what happened the prior week in the markets. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for our newsletter. It's free, and we send out a Monday market, blah, Monday morning market uh, commentary. Each so week. if the news is good, the Monday morning market comes out after your coffee. If the news is bad as before, or is it the other way around? Something like that. Oh, I hear you, Chris. It's funny. Comes out the same time every week, right? Well, there you How's go. that sound? With go. or without the coffee in, in hand, okay? Gotcha. But it is important now to make sure that you are, you are properly balanced. And we're going to talk about risk today, and we're going to talk about missing days in the markets today. So, hey, give us a call this morning if you have any questions or concerns at all at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. You listen to Making Money Sense, and I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we will be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. It is indeed, and we'd love to hear from you again, 855-767-3123. Talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio today. Larry, the, the webinar this week was amazing. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of people on there, and we got a lot of good questions all about, you know, just the trust planning and estate planning distribution to our heirs uh, regarding our retirement plans with all these new changes in in the uh, SECURE Act 2.0. I'm telling you, people need to be aware of this. There's a, there's a large amount of, of unexpected tax that's facing our beneficiaries, and we demonstrated three or four ways to minimize mm-hmm. A tremendous amount of that exposure there. So, a so, lot of people uh, on that so, webinar too, from all over the country. So, yep, yep, we had a lot, lot, big crowd. It was very, very good. Yeah. So, we'll be having another webinar coming up here in November. We're changing the subject around a little bit. It's going to be on economic indicators and the markets and how to read the economy and do a plan. So, uh, that'll be a lot of fun too. So, stay tuned for information on that. You know, Chris, if we don't trust God with our lives here on earth, how are we going to trust Him with our lives in eternity? Oh. A lot of people put trust and uh, into money and things. And in Proverbs eleven four, it says, "Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death." Okay, Proverbs sixteen sixteen. How much better to get wisdom than gold to choose understanding rather than silver? You know, let's put our faith and trust in the Lord. I mean, after all, you know, when you look at at, at uh, Psalms twenty four one, you know, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world, and all who live in it. You know, he cares for us. And uh, let's put our faith and let's rest in him, not in money, not in things of this world. Let's focus on the unseen rather than the seen. And that has a lot to play with with money and asset. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we manage that? What do we do? So we have these blessings from the Lord, right? And, and, and we need to be a good steward with them. That is our role. But yet at the same time, we have to put these assets in man's economy. And, and in man's economy, there are products, there are tools, stock market, bonds, you know, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever it may be, right, <clears throat> as far as things go. But let's talk about 
emotional decisions here. Let's talk about some of the emotions that go into which product do we select? When do we put money in? When do we pull money out? When do we when do we change things around? When do we change products? What is all this stuff? Is it being derived from emotions based yeah. off of headlines? Is it being derived from uh, strategically um, thought out planning to accomplish your financial objectives for you and your family? What's happening? And oftentimes we take a look in in times of, of volatility in the market that we see you know people making tremendous emotional decisions. Mm -hmm. And when you take a look here at the stock market, meaning the S&P 500, from January of t t 2002 through December 31st, okay, of uh, uh, you, you take a look at, at the markets there. If you had just stayed invested for that period of time, you would have earned 9.52% on your money in the S&P. But if you missed just the 10 best days, meaning get in and get out and get in and get out, then during that time, your return would have gone from 9.5% down to 5.3%. Almost a 50% reduction, almost 50% reduction in your overall total return over those 20-year period of time because it's based off of an emotional decision. Sometimes when the markets go up, people talk about, I want more risk. I want to get more growth. Let me jump on the train. And when the markets pull back, they sell out. They say, oh, I want to get more defensive versus having a balanced portfolio that's going to accomplish what your risk tolerance level is. And that's one of the things that I want to talk about today is, is how to measure risk, how to determine your risk, and what is the right risk appetite that you have, that, that you need in order to accomplish your objectives. First, let's bring Chris on from Florida. Good morning, Chris. How are you today? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Well, I'm curious. Do you know anything about the uh, uh, federal government TSP? Yes, I do. I'm trying to figure out which fund to is less risky, but but will give me a return. I mean, does that make sense? That I'm trying to figure out if I should go back to the C and the S or 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 the F. Yeah. Do you have so, any take so on? So, Chris, let me let me paint the picture for you here. Inside the government TSP, which is the Thrift Savings Plan, there are five choices: the CGFS and I funds, and then there's L cycle funds that have a combination of those all made up in different percentages. So your question is, should you go back in to something that's going to give you a return but have safety? Let's define the word safety first of all, okay? You can have an investment that's safe from loss of principal, which would be like the G fund in the TSP, but it's not safe to long-term purchasing power because it won't keep, keep pace with taxes and inflation. Then you take a look at something like, you know, one of the other equity positions, the C, the S, the I, something like that. It's not safe as far as protection of principal because the principal will go up and down with the markets over time, but it does give a better opportunity to outpace taxes and inflation. So you need to have a combination of all, all of them in there. You need to have some safety and some growth opportunity, Chris. But the ultimate answer as to how you should allocate your investments determines this question. One, how close in time are you to needing that income to come back to you? That's how you present, that's how you make your investment decisions. If you need to live off of this money next month, 
then you probably will need to have the money more securely positioned. If you have years to go in order before you start to need to, to live off of that money, you want to have your money more growth oriented inside of that that uh, investment vehicle, the TSP there. Okay, so so then the next question becomes, well, what's your risk appetite? You know, which is one of the t- subjects that we're talking about today. How much risk are you comfortable with? So so the answer to your question is, we need to allocate. And in times when the markets are down, and if you have a longer view, uh, longer runway before you need the dollars, then keep investing because you're buying more shares when the markets are down. So, so yes, I'm very familiar with it. We have many, many clients all across the country that are government employees. As a matter of fact, the government's the largest employer in the country, right? So we have a lot of clients right. that we're very familiar with the TSP. And if you want, I can have someone reach out to you and show you how to balance that out and give you an education on the different types of investment vehicles that are there. Would that be okay? Oh, that would be great. That'd yep. be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the G right now. I got about five years until retirement, but I need to uh, I need to switch out of the G, G um, into what well, I was looking at the C and the S um, to take a little bit more risk to get a little bit higher return on my my investment. So I have more hopefully more when it comes time for retirement in five years. That's the objective. So the, the, but but the, the process is how much do you move out of the G and when do you do it? And where are your future contributions going as well? And then you also take a look at are you putting all your money on the pre-tax side or are you putting all of your money on the post-tax Roth side too? Listen, Chris, this is what I'll do. I'll go ahead and put you on a quick hold, and Bob will get your contact information. We'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and give you a phone call and, and sort of give you more detail on your personal situation with that, okay? Oh, that would be great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 with any questions at all. Well, at least you know one Chris lives in a sunny part of Florida. It's kind of this time That's of year. right. That's exactly right. There you go. The rest there of us go. are a little bit – the rest of us, Chris, is, I don't know. It's a little cold in some places right well, now. Chris, you live where you live because you volunteer to live there, right? Uh, all right. Yeah, I guess you got it. Yeah. I could send out your address right now. Matter of fact, Thanksgiving's coming up next month. Why don't we have – have a big radio listening audience Thanksgiving event at your house. I don't know. Nobody wants to be here at 18 degrees and three feet of snow. So. Oh, okay. That's the deal. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably right. <laughs> they can go to Chris's in Florida. He won't mind. We'll, yep, we'll yep. All right, so I want to get back to this here. So, so we were talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, missing days in the market. You know, your, your, your return, if you miss the best 10 days, is almost cut in half over, over the last 20 years or so, which is a substantial opportunity cost that's lost by simply not being in the marketplace. So then you really have to come back and take a look at, well, well what is this risk thing? You know, risk tolerance, it, it's not about the markets. It's about you. How much risk are you willing to take? Okay, and what we see people doing in times like this when the market has shed a few percentage points over the last handful of weeks, we see people wanting to pull out, okay, or to get extremely defensive, too much so that you're swinging the pendulum too far defensively. It's the time to get in, isn't it? When yes, it's yeah. time to get in when the markets pull back, right? Now, the question is timing because everybody wants to get in at the bottom of the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. You can't time that at all. 
So, so what you have to do is you have to understand that during times of, of market exuberance versus uh, market fear, right, you might have your portfolio slide a little bit more growth-oriented during times of market exuberance, but not changing the risk levels statistically too much, or during times of market fear, when there's volatility and the markets are pulling back, the portfolio will tend to slant back a little bit more defensively, but yet at the same time, not destroy the overall risk profile of the, of the portfolio. Because at the end of the day here, it is the asset allocation selection. You know, am I in small cap stocks, international, large cap, whatever I'm in, what sectors? That's what's going to make up your, your portfolio's long-term rate of return. And this market timing in and out is not good. It demonstrates it year after year in all of the market numbers that come out that it's a completely losing proposition. All you're doing is betting, and, and, it, and you're driving your performance. You're trying to drive your performance with emotional decisions. So, so your risk tolerance, is, it's a fundamental component, basically, of your overall investment strategy. And, it, and it's based on your appetite for risk, not where the markets are, okay? Um, you know, and as I said, when the markets are, are doing well, you may get a little bit more risk. But nothing that you're going to change uh, your, your overall profile on. And this is what, this is what I want to talk about today because we, we see we, – we've, we've seen um, market flows in and out. I get a report that shows market flows, what's going in, what's going out across the country for, for all investors. You know, and it, and it's funny when you see all this stuff starting to trample like a like a herd, like a you know a trampede going in one direction versus the other direction, and and a lot of the reasons are based off of emotional decisions a lot of time, not economically based decisions. So be aware of that. You know, understand what your risk is, and one of the l ways that you can uh, identify what your risk is is by simply taking what's called a a, a risk tolerance questionnaire. A risk tolerance questionnaire is is it's eight or ten questions, and it really boils down. It gives you a very good understanding of what you what risk level you really want to take. Can you give an example of one of those questions? Yeah, one of the one of the questions is you know how far down you know how far down the road in time until you need to start mm -hmm. de delivering income back to yourself yes. from this investment. Okay, and then another follow up question to that is something right on top of that, which kind of makes you really think about that first one again, which is for how long do you want that income? Mm -hmm. You know, if you say, well, I, I'm going to need income in five years, okay, great. That would tell most logical people I need to be pretty conservative then, right, or moderate. But then how long do you want that income? Well, I only want it for three years. Okay, but what if you want it for the rest of your life? Now you want that income for the rest of your life. You're 65. You're going to retire. You need it for 25, 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. So now how do you approach that question, right? So now you've got to have sort of income now but growth now as well because you need assets in your portfolio to outpace taxes and inflation during your retirement career, during those 20, 30 years, Chris. But you also need income delivered now, which then gets us back to, you know, overall you want to take a look at – at what your score is, it's called beta. The market has a beta, S&P has a beta of 1.00. So if the beta on your investments 
scores or grades out to being like 0.89, then you're 11% less risky than the market. If you're at 1.1, you're 10% more risky than the market. And again, is it right or wrong? No, it's not. It's up to you what your risk appetite acceptance level is on all of this stuff. But in times of volatility, we want to talk about this because here's the key. Stay invested. We, uh, we have to understand that we live in a market of extremes, extreme highs and extreme lows. The average is still floating around 10%, but in order to get that average, you have to stay invested. That's what people don't understand. And when you look at all the TV shows and you listen to the, to the podcast out there and all these different things, they tell you get in and get out and it sounds great and it's wonderful and it's fun and follow this recommendation mm-hmm. and buy that newsletter and all this kind of stuff. And it's constantly moving money in and out and it is a losing proposition. So if you're investing correctly, it's really kind of boring, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Got to do is. it on a regular basis. You know, no, it's, 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 it's research intensive daily mm-hmm. research 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 but the movements um, um, are not as incre- dramatic and dynamic yeah. as, as one would think yeah. that it should be because that 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 war- word doesn't work at all hey give us a ring here we're going to take a quick break let's keep our phone lines open give us a call this morning with any of your questions comments concerns give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 what is your fear that keeps you up at night about your investments what are you concerned about is it taxes today taxes in retirement is it loss of principal give us a call 855-ROSE-123 that's 855-767-3123 I'm Larry Rosenthal we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 if you'd like to get in on those phones. And we'd love to hear from you here this morning, Larry. Sure, Chris. What would you like to hear from me? 
I'd like to hear all kinds of good news about how every, the perfect investment you keep telling me about, right? The perfect investment, yep. Focus on the Lord. There you go. That's a good investment. There you yeah, go. Yeah, people do look for the perfect investment. They want tax-free. They want guarantees, high rate of return, liquid. You know, uh, that's yeah. what they want. And no cost. You know, that, that's what they want. Can you make that happen, Larry? Let's see you do that uh, one. No, I can't. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I, I would imagine Vegas could for a moment. Yep. But then you give it all back anyway, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so, but they can't give you the guarantee. So there is no perfect investment out there, no, right? No. Not at all. Hey, so, so in in taking a look at retirement planning, and and that's one of the things that we really focus on in our firm is is most of our clients are close to or already retired, and and you know the sort of that fifty and over uh, type type of group really understanding the need and the importance for really sitting down and saying, hey, you know what? Now I need to focus on this stuff. And we introduced the three phases, accumulation, distribution, and legacy. But some of the interesting things that we see is, is surveys that come out all the time. And, and some, some information just recently crossed my desk about this. And I thought it was pretty, pretty neat to share this week. So, so major reasons people work in retirement. Yes, people work in retirement. You know, the boomers have really sort of changed the definition of retirement. Uh, you know, it used to be that our, our parents or our grandparents, depending how old you are, would, would retire, and that's it. And they got a they big would, pension, too, right? They had a pension. They would not go back to work, yep. you know, shame. But, but at the same time, their life expectancy in retirement was substantially shorter than it is today, right? So that's some good news, okay? So, so today, the typical person in retirement, a lot of times they're, they're retiring and they're doing other things. So some of the reasons why why people are, are continuing to work in retirement boils down into two categories. Uh, one is needs and one is wants, you know. One of the biggest wants that people want to keep working in retirement is they want to stay involved in the industry that they were in. 64% of respondents re- replied that way. Whereas on the needs side, 31% said they want to keep working because they need things. They want to make ends meet, 19%. Okay. Um, so, so a lot of the wants was more along the lines of they enjoy working. They want to stay involved and active. They are seeking a different job opportunity that they've always wanted to do, but they never did. And now they want to get out and do that, uh, trying a new career, that, that type of a scenario. So it's kind of interesting to see how these surveys play out and what people end up actually doing. One of the biggest concerns that a lot of people have socially in retirement is boredom, Mm -hmm. is what am I going to do? What's my calendar going to look like that following Monday when everybody's going back to work and I'm not? What am I going to do? How am I going to fill my time? Do you have hobbies? Do you have uh, have, uh, concerns that you want to work you know, work with, uh, you know, nonprofits, things of that nature. What are you going to do? It's got to be part of your goal planning, doesn't it? You have to make Yeah, you're going to try a new type of a career, you know, maybe open up a a woodworking shop. I I have no idea. But there's all kinds of of, uh, uh, surveys out there on what people are doing and why. And one of the biggest concerns that a lot of people do have personally when they sit down and they talk is the boredom factor. What am I going to do? How's my net, my 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 self value going to feel? You know, you take a look at at uh, some of these studies out there. You know, the the MIT study from a few years ago. You know, who am I going to socialize with? How am I going? Who am I going to have lunch with? 
who's going to do the maintenance on my property? You know, those types of stuff. I thought just Bob and I would kind of hang out when we, you know, when I get to retirement age. Right? You guys can. you got to get caught up on your sports, though, Chris. Yes. You're talk to Bob. Yes, I sure. do. Hey, let's welcome Jeff on the line from New Jersey. Good morning, Jeff. How are you today? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. How can I help you? Uh, so I had a quick question uh, for you guys. Uh, so I basically just landed my first uh, real serious job. Uh, dealing with the uh, the port authority, and um, this is like the, this is like the the most serious job I've I've ever had. I've always had part time jobs. And well, congratulations I had on a that. Que- Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Uh, I had a quick question in regards to, as far as like the basics in regards to investing. Um, you know, right down the street from my job, there's a Charles Schwab, and then there's also a Fidelity Investments. And I wasn't sure exactly, you know, what to do. Should I go with Fidelity, Charles Schwab? Should I look into hiring a personal um, investor, you know, that could help me invest, you know, learn like the basics of investing for the long term? Um, And I just wanted to know exactly what, what you guys would recommend in regards to that. Sure. I would also tell you this, Jeff, that down the street from your job, in addition to those two firms, there's probably a McDonald's and a Burger King and a Taco Bell as well, right? Okay, there you go. So so the first thing that you want to do is I would recommend interviewing a few different advisors. Go to those places. Go to an independent as well, okay, uh, and find out, you know, just because they're, they're underneath an umbrella of a corporation um, may or may not be good for you. There's also independent advisors as well. I actually have a, a whole list of questions that, that – that I've given to people before, and I'll be happy to send it to you, items to, to discuss when interviewing a financial advisor, okay? Take that in and talk to them, okay? Um, so, so, you know, when, when, when you go to one restaurant and you, and you don't really like it, you can always go to another, right? But when you're trying to find out your favorite neighborhood restaurant, you kind of tend to cruise around for a few months till you find your neighborhood favorite restaurant, and then you land on that one. Same, same process here. So, so understand this, that, that in building wealth, in building uh, financial planning, wealth management, things like that, you have to have a firm foundation. And the first thing that you have to do is sort of list out all of your insurance. How much insurance do you have and how much liabilities do you have? What types of insurance? Because if something happens to you, if you become sick or disabled and you can't work, do you have paycheck protection insurance? Does your, does your new comp employer provide you with, with uh, disability insurance? If not, you may need to get some to protect your paycheck. What about liabilities as far as mortgages, student loans, car payments, credit cards? Do you have an adequate amount of life insurance so that those that are dependent upon your income, if something were, if you were to go to heaven tomorrow, would there be enough life insurance to come in that would alleviate their dependence on your income that's not coming in anymore? So a financial plan, you have to look at a firm foundation, and then you, then you look at the money side of things. After you do an insurance evaluation, you take a look at the money side of things, and you say, okay, how much are our monthly expenses versus our income coming in? How much debt do we have? Let's retire that if we have it, and let's start saving. And where you start saving, you start building money in the bank first. You want to have three to six months worth of expenses saved up in the bank. So if it costs you five grand a month to live, 
I'd like you to have fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in the bank. You know, you go out to the department store, and instead of one flat tire, you have two flat tires. Oh no, you, you know what I mean? Because you've already got the spare in the trunk, but now right. it's an extra cost. So I want to make sure that you have three to six months of living expenses saved up in the bank. Then we start saving money in your retirement plans. Okay. Now I can also get away with if you don't have quite the the monthly savings in the bank but your employer's matching in your retirement plans I want you to stick money in there too because that's a hundred percent return on your dollars with the, with that company match okay so that's something that's personalized to you maybe different for you or somebody else but you want to start saving money each and every month and the secret Jeff the secret that people don't understand once they understand this secret then they start paying themselves first once they see the reality of compound interest happening in their accounts, you start saving every month. You keep buying shares of these investments every single month, regardless of the price of the share. Sometimes the market goes up, and you go, wow, man, I just made a lot of money this past month. And then you buy shares. You don't get as many shares. And the next month, the market goes down, and you go, oh, I lost a little bit of money this month. But then you put that same amount of money in, and you get more shares. So when that market comes back up again, you get an ex a much greater return for the dollar that you invested that particular month. So dollar cost averaging is a strategy that the wealthy really understand. And that's what I want you to do is simply put money in each and every month into your investments. And then you have to take a look at the tax impact of these things. Are you putting money in on your pre-tax side or on the Roth side so that you have tax-free money in retirement? A lot of advisors will tell you, put it all on the tax-free side, on the tax-deductible uh, side. Take your tax deduction today. Other advisors will tell you, no, 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 put it all on the post-tax Roth side, and I'm in the middle. I like money on both sides. I like you getting the tax deduction today, but I also like you to build some tax-free money down the road as well, Okay. So, so that goes to personal preference, Jeff, after you understand the tax allocation strategies of these things. And then you go and ask, what's your investment decision philosophy? How do you research your investments? How do you decide when you're going to make moves, when you're going to sell this and buy that and lean this way and tweak that way and things like that? Those are the different types of questions that you want to ask. But that's sort of the fundamental principles of that. I actually have a packet I could send you out if you wanted to on that information to help give you some education. But, but the answer to your question is <clears throat> I would interview different advisors, okay, and see who is a good fit for you and your family and what your objectives are. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Larry, thank you so much. Absolutely. If you like, I'll put you on hold. Bob will get some information, and you can interview us if you like, okay? And I'll send you some info on how to do that if you like, all right? Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. You too, and congrats on the job, Jeff. Thank Wonderful you. job. Appreciate it. Thank put you on a quick hold you. here. Hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, we're getting back to some of the social issues about uh, retirement planning, you know, why people choose to stay in the workforce. Sometimes they need to and sometimes they don't need to, but they still want to keep their toes in the pond, you know. They still want to stay active. They, they still want to have that social interaction with people when they're, uh, you know, out of the workforce. So, so some things to consider when it goes to your ultimate retirement date, your retirement decision, you know, and and some mistakes that we see people overlooking a lot 
is is um, uh, you know, lack of preparation on properly analyzing your Social Security choices. You know, your Social Security decision, the date of your Social Security claiming, is a very large financial decision. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times there's a lot of thought going in, uh, into it. This past week I was working with a client, and, and he was saying, hey, I want to take my Social Security at this point in time. You know, I'm looking at the financial plan, you know, in my mind, and I'm thinking, that doesn't make sense, okay? And I explained to him, and I showed him why he should take it earlier. And he's like, well, well, no, if I, if I wait, then I get more, and that's true. But by you waiting that much longer, you have to spend your own money to live. And your break-even point was down around age 80, 79 or age 80. And he's going, well, that doesn't make any sense to me, does it? And I said, no. And then I said, especially if you add this next component of, of what's going on in your scenario, your break-even point's even further down the road. And he's like, well, the information I'm getting out there on the web is wrong. I said, the information you're getting out there on the web may have been designed for one particular person's scenario, okay, not yours. Or to make somebody's money. So it's important, yes, to really have your your functioning financial plan in place when it goes to you making your Social Security timing decision. Your Social Security timing decision can really play out well for you early and late in retirement years or could harm you, um, you know, depending on, on if you defer, you know, just there's four or five different ways to really take a look at it. I'm not going to get into the details here. But understand the value of, of a financial plan when it comes to that, you know. So, so we're looking at these, these emotional issues in retirement. What am I going to do with my time? And then we're talking about some, some number crunching issues too, you know? What, you know. Have you done an insurance evaluation before you hit that retirement button? Have you done that? You know, what about your, your property and casualty insurance, your life insurance, long-term care? Do you need that or not, you know? Uh, are what are your plans with your current home? Are you going to sell that home and trade down to a smaller, you know, less maintenance home, or do you like your 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 larger home? You know, what's the plan there? What's a, what about the cash flow? Are your investments in a position now to deliver income and growth during your retirement years? Uh, a lot of times, people will have their investments positioned in just growth, growth, growth mode, and now it needs to switch over to income. Uh, type mode and growth at the same time. So lots to consider there on all of this stuff. Hey, if you want to get some information on taking a look at these things, this is all coming out of our financial planning toolkit. We'd be happy to send that out to you. Uh, we, I see we've got to take a quick break here, so let's keep the phone lines open. Give us a call today at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. 
How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. We'd love to hear from you here in the minutes we have left. Larry. Chris, back in the throes of COVID, uh, you know, when did it start? It started uh, sometime beginning-ish, February, March of 2020, right? Yep. Something like that. So it was I – I, I didn't grab the date here. I, I, I wish I would have. But <clears throat> it was probably around May or June, somewhere in there, when the economy was shut down and everything was closed up. We did a radio show that weekend, <clears throat> and I, I, I wrote down – you know, 10 or 15 different things, and I pose the question, what is it going to look like on the other side when we come out of this? And we started talking about it, and I pulled those notes up this week. And pretty interesting, some of the things that we nailed, and I want to talk about that. You know, what's going to change now with coming out of COVID with the banking industry? What's changed there in banking? Very few people go back into the bank anymore now. There's a lot of mobile deposits that are going on. Now, they had that before, but it's so much more prevalent today. What about working from home? Did that change as a result of COVID? Yeah, it really did, didn't it? It really changed coming out of COVID. We're out of it. You know, how has that changed? Is it going back the other way? You know? I still think from what I hear with clients all around the country that the work from home thing is probably here to stay, you know, um, more so than it was before. <clears throat> what about commercial real estate? That was one of the big things that we talked about in, in the beginning of COVID. What's commercial real estate going to look like on the other side of COVID if we have working from home that remain? Well, you see a lot of ghost town buildings and i'll tell you that for sure that's starting to happen yeah. that's starting to show up how does that play out so we went through and we talked about a whole lot of these things and and it's just interesting on on looking at the notes of this from you know when i pulled it up this week of of how uh, uh you know we we nailed a lot of things that's going to happen you know change on the other side of COVID when we come out We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. Let's let's welcome Rhonda on the line from Tennessee. Good morning, Rhonda. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Uh, well, my question is, I just turned 62. I'm still working, and I plan on working till I'm 65, mainly because of insurance. Um, but, and I do have a financial advisor. However, lately, I 
I thought that you should keep at least twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars cash in your portfolio. Well, in my IRA, shares uh, have been bought. Every, you know, I'm down to like a thousand dollars in cash, and I was a little disturbed at that. Should I be, or is that is that usual? Is that normal? Well, Rhonda, it. It, it depends on what's happening with the cash. If it's just sitting in a non-interest bearing or maybe a 1% or half a percent um, uh, money market type of an account, in today's mm-hmm. environment, today's rates, that's not good. You can buy a T-bill. You know, you can buy a one-year T-bill at, at just under 5.5%. And that's okay. considered cash and cash equivalent, but it's a lot better rate of return than nothing. So I don't know what he or she did with the cash, where it went. Did it go into stocks or did it go into T-bills or CDs to get a good stocks, rate of return? Stocks. Pardon me? It's in stocks. It's in stocks. They bought more shares in different companies. Yeah, so so I would talk to him or her and, and, and take a look at, you know, because that depending on the overall balance of your investment account, that could have changed your risk profile. Because if you're used to carrying thirty or forty thousand in cash, that's a very conservative amount. I'm sorry, that's a very conservative investment place. So that lowers your overall risk level. If you move all that money out and put it into stocks, then that could change your risk profile on there. So that would be the question that I would ask is what's the, the, the reasoning for this and how has my risk profile changed? Um, without looking at your statement, I can't tell you. I could, I could do a risk assessment for you very quickly, but I would need a copy of your statement there um, to, to look at. But that's the big question that you want to ask. Has, if this has ever happened in the past um, or if this is just happening now, maybe there's a new advisor working with you, I, I don't know. But I could I could take a look at that that investment uh, portfolio and give you a risk assessment, and then that would give you some more information to go talk to him or her if you'd like to do that. Okay, okay. I was just a little concerned because it just started happening all of a sudden, and it's not like I'm going to draw anything out. I'm, I'm, I'm my house is paid for. I'm I'm getting by fine, you know, working. So I won't be trying to to take any out. Yeah, well, maybe on maybe on the other hand. Yeah, maybe on the other hand, he or she's doing a good job from the standpoint of yeah. saying, you know, hey, look, we, we saw a buying opportunity and we took it to grow your money okay, for further yeah. down the road. Right. I don't know. And that's why I have a financial advisor because I'm not, I, I have no clue on that stuff. So I understand. Okay. Well, if okay. you like, I'll, let me put you on hold and then Bob will, Bob will get some information from you and we'll show you how we can do a risk assessment for you. Then you can take that to the person, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Absolutely. I'll play Sean a quick hold. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Yvonne on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Yvonne. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. How can I help you you today? Hi. Well, I'm actually calling because I've been hearing a lot of talks regarding digital currencies and removing your money from the bank. Um, I've also been hearing about putting it to putting that those funds into gold. And I just kind of wanted some guidance um, because of the things that are happening around the world, of course, China and Europe, um, with the digital currency. 
Uh, so I just wanted your outlook on that. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yes. Here we go. So, so there's a lot of questions to unpack there. Let's talk about digital currency first, okay? Digital currency, when you write a check, that's digital currency. When you, when you charge something on your credit card at the grocery store and then go move the, the digits from your checking account over to pay your credit card, that's digital currency. Frequent flyer miles, digital currency. When you go into the grocery store and there's a $5 coupon off of cereal, um, that's digital currency, right? So we're right. used to using digital currency already. The question becomes is, 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 does this digital currency that we're used to change over to centralized bank digital currency, CBDC? That is right. the scarier right. question. Now everything goes through the government, and they can place controls on it. That's the conspiracy theory of that whole digital currency scenario, okay? Take that for right. what it is, right. right? Take that for what it is. If something like that happens, I mean, there could come a day when they say, take all your money and turn it into the bank because we're going to get rid of the paper money, but it's not going to be centrally uh, digitized, controlled by the central bank. It's just going to be fiat the way it is now. Well, we're kind of doing that, right? Uh, am I a fan of that? No, I'm not personally a fan of that. A am I a fan of it being done through uh, the central bank? No, not at all. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Can they control it? Yes. Can they track it? Yes. Will they? That's up to the, polit the politicians, right, as far as that goes. But I will say this, Yvonne, we're all in the same boat together, right? But the answer to this uh, that you said is, you know, people are telling you to buy gold to get away from this. Well, stop and think about this for a second. If you bought gold, if you turned all your money into gold bars or gold coins, and then you wanted to go down to the store to buy a Christmas sweater, are they going to accept that gold coin? Yes, they'll accept the gold coin, but they'll only give you a dollar's worth of goods not the value in weight of the gold coin because we don't trade in gold. Will they accept the gold bar? No, they won't because they, won't, they don't trade in gold. You see what I mean? So you have to switch it back over to the currency from that standpoint. So, so gold is an investment asset class that goes up and down based off of the, the demand for that material or that, that metal at that particular point. If you go back and do an analysis on gold long term, it doesn't do well. But if you take a look at, at it buying and selling in and out guessing, you could hit it right. So, so you know, I wouldn't worry too much about it, okay? Um, we got about out of time here, Larry. What? We're just about out of time here. Uh, got about a, coming down to the wire here. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> the clock's wrong here. So, uh. Yvonne, if you want to stay on hold, I'll, I'll pick you up. And I know we have some other callers uh, on hold here. I'll, I'll, Chris, I don't have the clock. You close out the show. And, uh, well, that's it. Have a great week. <laughs> All right. <laughs>